From Sydney to Toronto to London, from New York to LA, and all points around the globe. Welcome to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Coming to you from the sprawling MBB Radio Network Studios. Now, call the dog, get the kids, feed the fish, and let the cat out. Here are the hosts of our show, the man who wants to mow your lawn, Jeff Marginian, and the dog behind the man, our executive producer, and everyone's buddy, Butch. Okay, welcome to the My Buddy Butch Radio Talk Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Jeff Marginian. And of course, by my side, my constant companion and best friend, Butch. Say hi, Butch. <laughs> He doesn't want to say hi, but he's here. I'm sure we'll hear, we'll hear him, his snorting and, and cavorting during the show. But we have a great show for you today. We have uh, Sherry Woodard of National Geographic's Dogtown on a new book that they have out, uh, Dog Tips from Dogtown. Now, it's published by National Geographic. Great book. All the trainers got together. Um, I'm sure you've seen Sherry on the show. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. That's going to be a good interview. Great, great pet tips from people who do it all the time. We have, uh, Ennis of Wagon Enterprises on the O2 for Life campaign. And what they're doing is they're offering, um, O2 masks for fire departments around the country. And they're in, they're partnering with, uh, Pet Plan Pet Insurance. And I'm sure you've heard about pet plan, pet plan, pet insurance. That's a lot of P's in a row. And uh, they're going to be donating uh, some of these. So gopetplan.com is the website. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that, about how you can help them donate more of these oxygen masks to the EMS units around the country. Also, the Burbank Animal Shelter in Burbank, California for our rescue of the week. Denise Flex is going to be here uh, talking about that. And Dr. Kim Bloomer of Animal Talk Naturally for our vet topic of the week. Dr. Kim is a veterinary naturopath, okay? And she knows everything there is to know about taking care of your pet naturally, the natural way. So we're very lucky to have her with us. Uh, also, um, we are going to touch on a couple of other things. Cat Fanciers Association is looking at a move. So if you have cats and you like cats, you'll be interested to know that they're going to be moving from New Jersey, I believe, to Ohio. So we'll touch on a few news items here and there throughout the show. In the meantime, sit back and relax for the next hour. And we'll be back right after this message to talk with Sherry Woodard. Jeff and Butch will be right back on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Hi, I'm Drew Brees, NFL quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, here with Bugs Bunny to remind you to get moving every day. Because when you get moving an hour a day, you fuel your body and your mind. So what do you like to throw around the football like Drew? Skateboard. Play frisbee in the park. Ride a bike. Kick the soccer ball around. Or dance in your room. Just move it your way. Because nothing makes you feel better than moving every day. And that makes you part of a winning team. So be a player. You'll have more energy to do the things you like to do. Move it your way. 
and be a player. Get up and play an hour a day, Doc. Check out how to be a player at letsmove.gov. Head online to get tips on great ways to get moving every day. That's right, at letsmove.gov. Let's hear that one more time, Doc. That's www.letsmove.gov. A message from the Ad Council and HHS. Okay, the trainers of Best Friends Animal Society, the nation's largest no-kill animal sanctuary, have a remarkable way with dogs. Now, we've all seen them on National Geographic Channel's Dogtown. Over the period of time that we've been watching this, you kind of develop a relationship with the people who are actually doing the training. Now, we are proud to have with us today the lovely Sherry Woodard, who's going to talk a little bit about the new book, Dog Tips from Dogtown, a relationship manual for you and your dog. Sherry, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Glad to be back. As we said earlier, it's been too long. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about Dog Tips from Dogtown. Now, this this is the second book that you guys have had out in the last couple years, right? It is, yes, with National Geographic. The first one is still available as well. This one is uh, all of the trainers getting together, kind of comparing notes, which was really fun, sharing stories and putting in um, some of our favorite techniques, but also even some things that might be considered secrets, being that we are always looking to get really creative and find something that will motivate every dog, something that will help every dog. You yourself have been a trainer for how long? Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) If you ask my parents, (laughs) it was since I was a child. I was a bossy child who wanted to tell everyone what to do. Um, (laughs) So I was told to tell the cat and tell the dog and tell the pony and tell the horse. There you go. Um, So I started young. (laughs) Great. A lot of people are searching for what to do for a long time, but it it seems to me as though you've kind of known what you were going to be doing and doing it very well. Oh, I love what I do, and I really I feel like um, this book, Dog Tips from Dogtown, is going to be valuable for people that have as many years of experience as I do. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely, sitting with other trainers, always learn something, as well as people who have never had a dog, and they're thinking they want to figure it out. They want to see why people are so in love with dogs. And I think a lot of this information that other trainers that have had this, the same amount of experience experience that you've had, the same time frame, are going to learn a lot from it simply from the fact that a lot of them don't get to work in a facility like the one you're working at at Best Friends. That's very true. Most people don't work with hundreds and hundreds, I mean in my lifetime, thousands and thousands of dogs. And part of what we really do encourage people to do is understand that they're all individuals and it's really important to get to know them that way. Um, Certainly every golden retriever is very, very different, um, as well as every Boston. Um, (laughs) And at the same time, um, there are some breed traits that we often see, but we don't see them in every dog. So we want people to understand that and really take the time to get to know them. You know, leafing through the book, um, there's a lot of things in here that I ran across that make a lot of sense, but it was not something that would come to your mind. One of the things was uh, grumpy old dogs. Aging may complicate a dog's behavior, you know. Yeah. And th- and I think about that. Butch is six years old now. Still, he can catch a squirrel on a flat-out run, but the day's going to come when he's not going to be able to. And That's right. Hopefully it's still a long way down the road. <laughs> but you can have a dog that is, is so comfortable and well-adjusted and social 
that you kind of take for granted that their behavior is what it is, and then something can change. And it's not always age. It could be an injury that we don't even see. Um, he could get a little kink in his neck and one day snap at someone, and he certainly doesn't need to be punished. We need to figure out what's going on. Sure, especially with that drastic of, a, of an attitude change. Yes. You know, and that's pretty evident for most people who have lived with their dog a long time. Now, getting into... Uh, one of the things that you were talking about here in the book, relationship-based training. Talk a little bit about what you mean by that. Okay. Um, certainly it is, it's a foundation for everything. Um, when we build healthy relationships, the dogs trust us, and they're much more likely to want to be with us, to want to interact with us, to want to please us. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it's the opposite, actually, of any kind of fear-based training. So what we want people to understand is there are, there are definitely people out there that are causing fear and telling people to dominate and discipline. Um, we come at it from what's going on and how can we make you feel differently, because the moment that they feel different, we have better behavior. So we find out... Um, as individuals, what motivates the dog, and how can we get them to do exactly what we want in ways that we're we're all going to enjoy and we're all going to be safe with? Sure. How important is uh, exercise with your pet, um, with your dog? It's important. It's important to us as well. So I think um, we could all do a little more physical exercise, and it's going to be good for us and them. I think that. Um, People in the United States tend to be overweight, and so do dogs. Yeah. So if we look at it as something that can be good for all of us, um, we, might, we might get out and do a little more. I think it's really important on the relationship interaction aspect that we take a little bit of time every day and we focus on each other. We get them to focus on us. We get them to practice good behavior, and we reward them for it. And in the, in the time that we're doing that, we can stop thinking about all of the stresses that um, don't relate to the dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, and they, they kind of feed off of our attitude, you know, at the end of every day, I think, and, and during the day. Uh, people work during the day, they come home, they see their animal, and if, if they've had uh, a bad day, you know, the dog usually knows it right away. Exactly, and I think a lot of wonderful dogs, when you come in the house and they see you're stressed and you're trying to put down the groceries and answer the phone and talk to the kids, and um, the dog just quietly just kind of puts itself away. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a really good way to make every day better if we think about the fact that we could slow down for a minute and we could find a way to enjoy each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, uh, one of the other things that I ran across in the book is called um, Old Dogs, New Tricks. And it says it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell me something about that. You can teach your old dog new tricks. In fact, you ought to, you ought to do just that for the sake of your dog's mental health. And oh, I think. I, there are definitely a lot of, a lot of myths out there. Um, I think no matter what age we meet um, our pets, we can adopt a senior dog. We have no idea what their past was. Um, it's, it's an adventure. And we can, we can sometimes greatly surpass what we thought the dog's potential was if we keep trying. So I think it's always make it fun and keep, keep it 
adventure is one of the words that comes to mind. That sounds awfully physical as well, but keep discovering. Keep, um, keep an open mind to the fact that you might take up a new sport because your dog wants to play fly ball, yeah. or um, maybe your dog wants to have dog friends, which will get you out to make more human friends. Sure. There are all kinds of things that can be life-changing that we don't, even, we don't even know about. That's right, and it's a journey. You know, I yes. mean, it's a responsibility. It's a journey that you take with your new dog or, you know, the dog you've had for years. Like Butch and I, we've done an awful lot of stuff together. And, you know, he's never more than 10 feet away from me unless I'm, you know, doing some traveling or something like that. But, you know, the bottom line, I think, um, for this book is it's going to give a lot of people. I wish I had this book before I got Butch because... There's a lot of things in here that I had to learn, and it took a, a lot longer for me. Oh, I agree. Yeah, abs absolutely. There are some things that we, we don't realize, and then we have to go back and undo something instead of getting it right the first time. We, I mean, that was one of the things that we talked about. I think we, we come across that all the time, people going, oh, if I had just known. So I think it can be um, dog tips from Dogtown can be very helpful. <laughs> yes. Oh, Absolutely. Well, we're talking with Sherry Woodard of Dogtown, and they have a new uh, book out, Dog Tips from Dogtown, a relationship manual for you and your dog. Sherry, can you hang on uh, with us until uh, after the break here? Yes, absolutely. Great. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network. <laughs> I'm Marie Osmond. Choices, some are minor, others life-changing. But what if your small choices matter the most, like the stairs or the elevator, baked or fried? What if these small choices determine if you'll be the one out of every three women who die of heart disease this year? These choices might not seem life-changing today, but women are dying of heart disease at the rate of almost one per minute. Luckily, it's mostly preventable. Choose to act. Our hearts, our choice. Make your choice at GoRedForWomen.org. Okay, we're talking with Sherry Woodard from Dogtown. She's one of the lead trainers, National Geographic's Dog Tips from Dogtown, a relationship manual for you and your dogs, a new book out. Sherry, how are things going up there at Best Friends? Everything is wonderful at Best Friends. It is beautiful in southern Utah. All of the leaves are changing, and uh -huh. it's starting to feel like winter. Oh, wow. Is there any different routine that you guys do throughout the seasons with the dogs and the animals that you have there? There are some things that could definitely change. Being the desert, um, in the summertime it gets so hot in the afternoon that we have to send all of the dogs that are going out, out with people in their cars, to basically go hang out at motels and restaurants instead of going walking because it gets too hot to walk. Okay. Um, in the wintertime, um, we have much more freedom with long hikes and people going out and just hanging in the desert and playing with toys. So um, a lot of people prefer to come in the wintertime for that reason. And a lot of the dogs love the snow. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. Well, how about you, uh, yourself? You've had, a, you've had a very busy summer. and You're coming up onto a, a busy fall here, it looks like, with the book and everything. Are you going to be uh, doing any traveling, or um, are you guys getting ready for a new season now? We actually aren't having a new season, which we're all very disappointed about. <laughs> um, but personally, I have new adventures. I'm training 
search dogs to find missing people, and I'm training service dogs to help the disabled. Wow. So I am very busy, and um, I think it is definitely story-worthy. Um, the work we do at Best Friends is always incredible. I'll tell you what, Sherry, there's never enough time when we get together here and talk. Um, I want to, you know, stay in touch. Let me know what's going on. I'd love to talk about some of the training that you're doing with uh, the search dogs and to help the disabled. We're always looking for, for great stories like that, and I think that you would be a foremost authority. Well, thank you very much. I would love to share. I think that it is fascinating for people to learn about and to actually support. We love your pet almost as much as you do here on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. Outdoor cats risk injury, disease, or getting hit by cars, and millions of small birds and other animals are killed each year by outdoor cats. Your outdoor cat can find plenty of entertainment indoors. For more information on a teacher's guide, see American Bird Conservancy's website at www.abcbirds.org. Make the world a safer place for cats and birds. Keep your cat indoors. Let me try. Okay, just remember what I showed you. Yep, there was a bunny who had one big ear and another big ear. They looped a looped, made a bow, and the bunny hopped away. I did it! Oh, good job, kiddo. Now let's tie your other shoe. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 1-877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network. <laughs> Enos DePablo is the Chief Wagon Officer of Wagon Enterprises, and she's here with us to talk a little bit about a program they have going on called Wagon O2 Fur Life Program. Enos, thank you for being with us. Wag, wag, Jeff. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm wagging along. All right. That's great. Wagon Enterprises, pet safety gear, fantastic. We're going to give the website and everything at the uh, a little later on. Everybody can go to our blog and, and see where to get this information. Tell us a little bit about your background, what inspired you to create Wagon Enterprises first. Well, to start with, um, I have a master's in emergency management from GW, mm -hmm. and I got that in 2004. Okay. And then Hurricane Katrina, sort of a little nose, and did all the damage, and then we all know what happened. The dogs and the cats and all the animals got the really raw end of the stick. Mm -hmm. So because of my job at the time, I really I didn't want to self-deploy. Self-deployment, as we learned during Hurricane Katrina, is not necessarily always a good idea. Even if you know what you're doing, you, you need to go with a group and have some kind of you know a background, something to go with, a package mm -hmm. that you can bring, some some knowledge, some skills, and I had the, the theory and I was working in the field, but it's, it was aggravating to see how the government had pushed the whole leave your pets behind. So right after Katrina, I decided that something needed to be done, and it took me a little bit, a couple months, but I was finally able to kind of narrow it down, although I did go a little ballistic on, you know, I started the company within a couple months. Sure. So that was passion, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, or anger, whichever way you want to look at it. Oh, both. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's both. So when I, I started it with, first of all, I wanted to make sure that everyone gets the message. Every pet owner 
slash pet parent is responsible for their animal. Sure. When you adopted the animal, whatever the animal is, you took that responsibility. It's a great thing. You do pay taxes in most states, and it's a great thing to rely on the government. But because there are only so many first responders and so many National Guard, when there's a large-scale emergency, you need to rely on yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's not really a good idea to wait until the last minute to get ready. Sure. So I started the company, and I wanted to implement emergency management in the world of pets. Right. Because mitigation, preparedness, response, and recovery, the cycle of emergency management can absolutely apply to the pet industry and to the pet world. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of ways you can avoid emergencies and then prepare for them and respond to them. So mm-hmm. that's how the company got started. Okay. Now, I'll tell you what, you have a list of certifications, and, and you got a master's at George Washington University, right? Yes. That's what you mentioned to GW earlier. Through your experiences, what are some of Wagon's leading pet safety products? Well, what I've been trying to do with the company is try to become a liaison, to become some kind of the in-between between the first responders and the pet owner. I am a pet owner, mm-hmm. and I used to be a first responder. Mm-hmm. And I'm Fairfax County cert, and I'm a whole bunch of other things that, that give me the, the power to think like a first responder and then to also think like a pet parent. Mm-hmm. So that's what, when we created the company, we wanted to make it all hazards preparedness. And then, then I came up with the best, I guess, realization for that is the O2 for Life campaign. Mm-hmm. Because when we started the company, well, we started with first aid kits and pet evacuation kits, but then also designed an alert sticker. Oh, okay. To let the fire department know, you know, if there's a fire, please rescue my pet. Sure. So that is, that's a great tool. That's kind of a preparedness tool. But then when I heard about the oxygen masks and how they were invented to be used within veterinary clinics and veterinary hospitals, and then somebody, some really great person that I cannot name at this time, um, (laughs) figured out, a firefighter, I believe, realized that they could use those masks in the field because they hook up so simply to an oxygen tank. And every fire department and every EMS department carries oxygen. Right. Oxygen is oxygen. Same thing. You just change the O2 flow rate. That's it. Wow. So that was, that was another great preparedness-response tool for the fire department. Once they get them out, now you can help them. So, again, it's not asking for, you know, please you know, rescue my pet before you rescue me. No, no. <laughs> you, pets are pets and people are people. The fire department is always going to go for the human first. But when they do get the human out and when after that they're all going to get the pet out, why not finish the job and help them on the scene? Absolutely. So that was, that was so that's, you know, the, the preparedness and the response. And then we decided a couple of months ago to work with Pet Plan, which mm-hmm. is a pet insurance, which sure. in the world of emergency management, FEMA will tell you, you know, mitigation is generally considered flood insurance, flood insurance, and some more flood insurance. Yeah, Guinness, um, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back. Okay, and we're back. And we're talking with uh, Ines de Pablo. Chief Wagon Officer of Wagon Enterprises, provider of pet safety gear. We were talking earlier, uh, pet stickers. A lot of uh, people think that, you know, maybe that's the best way. If you put a sticker on your door, people are away at work and they're trying to, you know, they leave their pets at home, that type of thing. Talk to us a little bit about, about that. Well, I mean, having an alert sticker, first of all, I think every pet owner, whether you live in an apartment or in a house, should have an alert sticker if you have a pet. Mm-hmm. 
So you can, on the hotel stickers, you can generally write, like on hours, you can write, you know, how many dogs you have, how many cats you have. And if you have birds or, you know, gerbils or little hamsters or fish, you, I mean, not the fish really, but more like yeah. the little furry guys, you can put on, like, how many you have. So let them just the fire department know, mm-hmm. you know, that please, there are pets in the house. If they are going to rescue them, this is what you're going to be looking for. Okay. And right. then we talked to Pet Plan, mm-hmm. and Pet Plan has, since 2008, had their own alert sticker which is available online on their one on one of their pages on the website mm-hmm. and it's really cool alert sticker because you can aid, you can have it within a matter of minutes it's mm-hmm. free and you can put your own pet's picture on the alert sticker and the pet's name and then you can even add like a hiding spot like if you know your kitty likes to hide under the living room couch you can oh. just write that on the alert sticker so that oh. will save the first responder so much time sure when they get there, they don't know exactly where to look. Outstanding idea. Now, I'll tell you what, before we run up to the hard break here, uh, tell us where everybody can find you online. Sure. The main Wagon for You website is www.wagn, the number four, and the letter U.com. Okay, wagon4u.com. Okay. Real quick here, um, we got about 60 seconds left here. I want to talk. I want you to tell me real quick two things. First of all, Wagons Charity Partners. Yes, we work. We have well, Two for Life is one of our charities. It's within the company. We didn't want to start an additional company, but it is a wagon charity within the company. Okay. We do everything at cost. All the pit oxygen masks are running for first responders at cost, okay. which is a cost of $65 per kit. The other charity that we have, and the other charity partner that we have, is the Morris Animal Foundation Canine Cancer Campaign. Mm-hmm. Part of the proceeds of the sale of our pet first aid kits go straight to uh, the Morris Animal Foundation Canine Cancer Campaign. Well, you're doing a lot of great things, uh, Enos, and you know I got to tell you, fantastic work. You're very, very certified uh, to do all of this stuff. And I want to thank you for being with us. Will you come back sometime? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Jeff. All right, one additional item I did want to mention. Uh, pet Plan Pet Insurance and Wagon Enterprises are joining up uh, to keep pets safe in the event of a fire, okay? Now, they have a uh, program going on for every 100 pet rescue alerts created on their site, and these are free. Pet Plan will donate a wagon oxygen mask kit to a rescue company in need somewhere around the country. So that's a great program. You can go to gopetplan.com and check that out or wagon for you, W-A-G-N for you.com. Jeff and Butch will be right back on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network. Hey, animal lovers everywhere, just read a cool book entitled My Buddy Butch, Confessions of a New Dog Dad. It's a humorous, touching, true story of how a little rambunctious Boston Terrier named Butch gives Jeff a new perspective on single parenthood, unconditional love, and learning to slow down in this hectic world we all live in today. From eating the carpet to taking over an entire king-sized bed, Butch went to great lengths to turn Jeff into a new dog dad. If you're interested to know more about their little adventure, you can pick up a copy of the book, My Buddy Butch, Confessions of a New Dog Dad, online everywhere and in stores, and of course at MyBuddyButch.com. The book is also available in ebook format. And now, the 
My Buddy Butch Rescue Shelter of the Week, helping to save deserving pets from around the USA and Canada. Okay, and we are here with our very, very good friend, Denise Fleck of Sunny Dog, Inc., but she is also a representative of the Burbank Animal Shelter. Denise, thanks for being with us. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Jeff. And yes, I am the public relations manager of the volunteer group that is connected with the Burbank Animal Shelter and happy to be so. That's great. And I know you've, uh, you've been with them for a little while now. How long? Um, well, I've had a kind of an ongoing relationship with them literally for 19 years because my husband and I adopted our first four-legged child together from them way back then. Wow. But I've only been officially on board um, for about a year and a half, but I've done pet first aid and CPR classes and other you know, things with them for a number of years, but I've really only taken on the volunteer role there you know, about 18 months ago. Oh, great. Yeah, I think I remember when you did start that, because we, you were on the show not too long after that and, and made the announcement. We thought that was fantastic. So for our rescue segment this week, tell us a little bit about what's happening uh, at the Burbank Animal Shelter. Well, like shelters across the country, we do have an abundance of dogs, cats, and we even had some bunnies come in in quite a, a big number towards the end of the summer. But we are doing our best to get them adopted. That was one of the reasons I really linked up with the Burbank Animal Shelter volunteers, because I had been volunteering at a lot of different rescue organizations. But this group really seems to have their act together and really, really gets animals into the right forever home. So I'm happy to be a part of that. But like a lot of people in Southern California this week, we had what was called the Great America, uh, excuse me, the Great California Shakeout, where we had an earthquake drill. Yeah, yeah. And it was very apropos because along with the staff and volunteers, we've been working very hard on our disaster preparedness plan, uh -huh. which is basically threefold in that, um, you know, should an emergency happen out here, we have to be able to take care of and possibly even evacuate all of the furry residents in our care at the shelter. Uh -huh. um, also, should Burbank residents have to evacuate from their homes, we're going to need to set up a temporary shelter for them to take their, you know, personal pets to because, unfortunately, uh, Red Cross shelters, of course, can't take animals for, you know, health and safety reasons, so we're going to try to set up temporary shelters nearby. Uh -huh. And then the third aspect of it is just an ongoing thing where we're trying to educate the Burbank residents. It's kind of like, you know, start where you stand. If you get your act together in your home and are disaster prepared, that makes everything so much better for yourself, for your animals, and then for the shelter staff and volunteers who are working because if you've already gotten yourself taken care of we don't have to you know give you as much attention and we can worry about others you know I, one of the things that intrigued me it kind of caught me by surprise because when i when i read that that you're doing your uh, earthquake preparedness this particular shakeout thing <laughs> okay mm -hmm. i kind of chuckled and it, and it it made me think of like Remember in the 50s when the kids would be underneath the desk and they're all, you know, doing these drills and everything else? And even when I was in school, we had to do certain drills. Everybody does. And people were building bomb shelters or so, or so we're told, Jeff. You and I weren't around that. That's time. right. I can't possibly, <laughs> I can only read about those things in the books. <laughs> but the thing about it is, it, what struck me about it was the fact that 
in different parts of the country, we have to be prepared for different types of emergencies. That's because, right. you know, we have earthquakes here nowhere near um, the frequency that you do there. Right. Okay, on the east side of the United States, not nearly as much. Now, there are fault lines running through the United States. I don't know if you've ever seen that map. Sure. But, you know, the thing about it is, in different parts of the country, just like along the coast, Florida, uh, here we go, Hurricane Katrina in the Gulf. A lot of those, a lot of those areas, you know, they don't worry about earthquakes, but they worry about floods. And so these are the types of things that, that we have to be aware of. Well, yeah, and anything can happen unexpectedly in some locations. But yes, we don't worry about the hurricanes and tornadoes as much as other parts of the country. But everybody needs to worry about, you know, they could have a fire in their house or a pipe break where they and their animals could get flooded or, you know, burned and have to get out. So it's good to be well-versed in, you know, all of them a little bit. Sure, and this goes for uh, the rescue shelters also. So if there are other rescue shelters out there listening, I know there are, Um, If you don't have some sort of an emergency evacuation, even some of the daycare facilities for pets, uh, you know, this is a great uh, time to put that whole thing together. Absolutely. I mean, you, you certainly have to think about the humans, too, because if the humans aren't safe, they can't get the animals out. But do think about what you would need to get the animals out. Do you have extra crates and carriers? Do you have a storage shed or something that will house um, not only just food and, and crates and leashes and things like that, but think about you know, what your shelter looks like. If it's concrete block or brick and things go tumbling, you might need a sledgehammer or a crowbar to get to certain things, wire cutters if fencing gets bent so that you can't open gates to get animals out. Sure. So there's a lot of things to really think about ahead of time. Great. Now, what is uh, going on with the Burbank Animal Shelter lately? Do you guys have anything going on for well, upcoming Halloween and all that stuff? Not so much for Halloween, but shortly thereafter, on November 13th, we're going to have our annual dog vaccination clinic. And the big thing about it is this is going to be um, our 50th year with our veterinarian, Dr. Martin Small, doing the vaccinations to keep the animals um, safe and disease-free. And you don't have to be a Burbank resident on two paws or four paws um, to come to the <laughs> clinic. Um, we, we're happy to you know, accommodate and keep pets healthy from anywhere nearby. Okay. So um, we're doing this, and this is a fundraiser for the, for the volunteer group. And we're earmarking this money and something else I'm going to tell you about in just a moment to go towards the purchase of an x-ray machine, which the shelter very much needs. Uh Because occasionally we'll get a dog or a cat in that's been hit by a car or seems to have some sort of injury, and it would be so wonderful if we had the means at the property of the shelter to do the x-rays there. It would just make the animal more comfortable than having to be put into a car or a vehicle again, driven, you know, across town to a veterinarian for the x-ray and then driven back to the shelter. Um, we'd get much more quick results and, you know, not have to put the animal through the trauma of being moved so many times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, um, along with another thing I'm going to mention, is um, something we're hoping to raise funds for for the, the x-ray machine for the shelter. The other um, item is a 
kind of a personal note, but my family, two-legged and four-legged, have been honored by the American Dog magazine um, to be featured on page 98 in their winter issue as far as a, you know, a pet family. Great. Congratulations. Yeah, well, well, thank you. We're very excited about it, as are my Akitas, Haiku, and Bonsai. And they have agreed to, aut- I should say, potograph <laughs> 20 copies of the magazine. And I know it's a little bit more than list price, but if anybody wants to go to my website and buy one of the potograph copies for $12, mm-hmm. we're going to donate all of that money to the Burbank Animal Shelter to help with getting this x-ray machine. Outstanding. Outstanding. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. That is great. Now, uh, now people can go to Sunny Dog Inc., I-N-K, That's right. I-N-K. That's right. I-N-K.com. Okay, and we'll have and that. We'll have all that up on the after show blog. Go ahead. Perfect. Yes, it's right on the home page, and it just m- mentions the American Dog Magazine. The issue won't actually be out till November 10th, but um, I will be getting advanced copies, so you might even be able to get it before the rest of the nation does. Uh-huh. And you'll have your special little two Akita. I shouldn't say little. Big Akita <laughs> paw prints on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, Denise, as always, my gosh, you have, you're doing such great work out there. Well, thank you. You know, animals have given me back so much over the years, and, you know, whatever I can do, and I realize, unfortunately, I can't save them all, but everyone I can, I'm just, you know, pleased as punch to be able to do. That's fantastic. I appreciate you being with us, and we're going to be keeping up to date on that. And I want everybody to go to SunnyDogInc.com. As I mentioned, we'll have that on the After Show blog. People can click through, get there, and let's see if we can get that x-ray machine. Wonderful, yes. And if you want to learn more about the Burbank Animal Shelter, their website is B-A-S-Z. Think of BurbankAnimalShelterVolunteers.org. Okay, and we are talking with Dr. Kim Bloomer. She's a veterinary naturopath. She's a terrific friend. Um, We got to know each other very well when uh, my buddy Butch started uh, a couple of years ago and uh, invited me to be on her show, oddly enough, without even knowing who I was. (laughs) Oh, but I knew about your book. Oh, my buddy Butch, Confessions of a New Dog Dad. That's right. Totally loved that book, Jeff, by the way. Well, thank you. And uh, she's a, you're an author yourself and also a radio show host as well for Animal Talk Naturally. Yeah. Now, Dr. Kim is our resident veterinary naturopath, the expert on natural pet care from beginning to end. She's our <laughs> expert. Now, Dr. Kim, explain to us a little bit... Uh, veterinary naturopath. Okay, and and what I'm going to say is I am not, again, not a veterinarian. Okay. (laughs) And and I say that because I know people don't in this country don't know what veterinary naturopaths are. There's not very many of us yet. However, Mm -hmm. that's going to change. Um, Okay, you know how you have an MD who is your regular physician? Mm -hmm. He's your conventional doctor. He's the one that you necessarily wouldn't go to for Nat, any kind of natural health or nutrition guidance. He's mm-hmm. the one you go to when you're sick. Okay. Um, but your naturopath, your ND, would be somebody you would go to for natural health uh, to guide you to prevent illness mm-hmm. through diet, 
and whatever. Or come to us if there was chronic issues okay. that your traditional doctor was not handling for some reason because they were just prescribing lots of medicine. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't diagnose mm-hmm. and we don't prescribe medicine. Mm-hmm. And, and I like the way a fellow naturopath said it best, Jeff. If somebody says, I've got arthritis, well, I'll say I can help, uh, or since I work on ant- with animals, I would say I can help a dog with arthritis achieve optimal health. Mm-hmm. And without drugs, mm-hmm. without any kind of, you know, um, surgeries, or we don't do any of that. We focus on the whole animal, not the symptom. Right. And so I think the best thing that we would hope is that people would come to us before their animal is ever sick, that they would want to learn how to, we're going to empower the pet owner with the knowledge to make their own informed decisions and that they may not make. They could maybe learn a lot of this stuff. It might take years, though, so I help them cut to the chase. Okay. And learn how to care for their animal proactively. Mm-hmm. So we promote health. We don't focus on disease. Okay. So you're primarily before the fact. Yeah, and now, interesting enough, most of the people who come to us come to us, and this is typical of most everybody in natural health, whether it's for human or animal, they're going to come to us after they've tried the whole conventional route. would be better if they did it, came to us first. Mm-hmm. You know, we always say we're a first resort, mm-hmm. not a last resort, but they use us as a last resort. Mm-hmm. And we can help, but mm-hmm. the damage is often done, and, you know, they'll come to us when they've exhausted all other avenues. Okay. And then we really have our work cut out for us at that point. Sure. And this is, what you're talking about here is lifestyle. For right. Your, for Absolutely. your pet. And, you know, for pet and people. We're, we're focusing on the pet portion of this right mm-hmm. now. And, and, and animals. And by pets, I mean, you know, uh, what type of, of pets do you personally deal with as a, a naturopath? I focus on the canine, the dog, mm-hmm. and that's just my animal of passion. Horses are too, but I'm less knowledgeable with them. You know, we have to get training in all those species, but, you know, most of us will focus in uh, either small animals or large or some specific. Mm-hmm. And I defer to other people for the horses and the cats and the birds. I will help people with cats, and I have consulted with people for their cats. Mm-hmm. It's just that if I think someone can do a better job than me, I'm going to refer that person to them. Sure. So I focus on the canine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, you, you know, obviously you have a lot of experience uh, with this. I was a pharma vet tech, right. So I've worked in veterinary medicine, so I've worked on both sides of the fence. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, uh, well, that's great. See, you have you have some sort of a background in the traditional. Uh, yes. And, and so... Okay, tell us your, a little bit about your personal story, about what made you uh, become interested and eventually change over to, the, uh, to be a veterinary naturopath. Well, I was one of those children that said doggy before mom and dad. Okay. And so I've always loved animals. And when, at the age of 10, I always said I was going to be a veterinarian. When I graduated from high school, maybe a year after, I went to work in veterinary medicine as um, an assistant, and I was working... Um, four different veterinarians at that time. You know, I would I worked for several, and then I worked for one in particular for many years. And my frustration, in fact, I thought, we don't ever change anything. It seems like the animals just get sicker and they die young, and that's it. And I, I don't want to deal with sick animals. I always wanted to deal with wellness mm-hmm. my entire life. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's just the way God hardwired me, Jeff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then, um, but there wasn't quite that kind of a profession in this country. So I 
resigned myself to working in human health, you know, okay. as a working in fitness mm-hmm. and, and um, helping people with their nutrition. And yes, I do have my degree in the human health as well. So, <laughs> oh, great! Um, but at any, you know, I really love the animal work. So I, I, when I went to when this finally became available at Kingdom College, I went to I got my degree, and it was because of my dog. The one I have now that I, he's 11 years old. Mm-hmm. I got him, and I went the conventional route with him initially. Mm-hmm. And this dog was so, as I told you earlier, he was emaciated, um, starved, a four-and-a-half-month-old puppy that had been just done wrong. Mm-hmm. And obviously genetically and correctly bred as well. Wow. So I had to deal with structure, everything, and everything I was doing conventionally was making him sicker. Oh and nearly cost him his life because he nearly died in, emer- in, in from a, an allergic reaction to conventional antibiotics. Mm. When I said, "Okay, that's it," I'm going, and I, you know, I was at the tail end of the hippie era and was kind of into natural health for humans way long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I said, "I'm going this route." I had read some books, and I said, "I'm going this way. I'm going to study, and I'm going to learn." And this dog is still my teacher. Oh wow! And that's great. And and what's his name? His name is Shadrach, the Neomastus, nothing but the dog in him. <laughs> <laughs> Shadrach, that's right. I remember, I remember, and your picture actually is, is up on the website in our section for our fabulous consultants. Uh-uh. So, you know, I'll tell you, it's, it's great to talk to you. It always is. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've become very good friends. Yeah. And... You know, uh, everybody has their opinions, and everybody has their uh, issues with mm-hmm. both sides of the fence, as you say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, one of the most important things to me is is to get all the information. And, and to make your an informed decision. Exactly. And that's what we're here for, and we are so happy to have you with us to tell us about the natural way... <laughs> To raise your pets. Right. Thank you, Jeff, and I appreciate you very much and oh, the work that you are doing. Thank you. And also, I'll tell you what, I want you to tell us, uh, first of all, the name of your books, second of all, where people can find you online, okay. and about Animal Talk Naturally. All righty. Well, um, my first book was co-authored with a um, homeopathic vet, Dr. Jill Elliott, and it is called, appropriately, Whole Health for Happy Dogs. And again, and then my other book, which I just um, released in December of 2009, is Animals Taught Me That, and it's my journey from cradle to present on all the things that animals have taught me about the most important life lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and my website is Aspen, like the tree, Aspen Bloom, B-L-O-O-M, PetCare.com. Mm-hmm. And then my wonderful colleague and, and best friend, uh, Dr. Jeannie Thomason, and I host the online radio show Animal Talk Naturally, Every Wednesday right. at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Excellent. And they can uh, go to animaltalknaturally.com to learn about that. And it's all on natural animal health, um, animal nature, and the human-animal bond is relates to natural rearing of them. Great. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network. <laughs> Hey, y'all, I'm 
Kicksbrooks. I'm Ronnie Dunn. And we're Brooks. And Dunn for Rad. And I've got a four-letter word for you. Don't. As in don't drive drunk. And I got a three-letter word for you as in get. Get the keys. When you see someone who's about to drive under the influence. Get the keys. Because friends don't let friends drive, drive drunk. drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Info, I-N-F-O, at mybuddybutch.com is our email address. Go ahead and shoot us an email. If you have a comment or a question, we can get that out to any of our vets and experts and myself and or Butch. And you can send Butch one also at butch at mybuddybutch.com. Uh, also, um, the crime.